Amen. Praise God. We want to welcome everyone today. If you're a guest with us, we're so glad you're here worshiping with us. Let's welcome all our guests this morning. Amen. See some new faces today, and we're so glad you're here worshiping with us uh, this morning. And again, it's good to see everybody here uh, today. And if I start naming names, I'll forget somebody. So it's good to see everyone here today. If you have a Bible, um, and we have, uh, it's amazing sometimes when you order stuff online, the squirreliness that you deal with. We ordered two screens, and they sent us one, and they're sending us another one. So Hopefully by next week we will have some screens available for you so you can follow along. But if you were able to follow along, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1, very, very quotable scripture that we all have quoted many times probably. Those of us that have been around church at all, you have at least heard it and most of us probably could give a good stab at quoting it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1, now faith. And everybody say now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. I want to talk to you for a few moments today about that word now, the word now. And if you allow me just for a second today, I might go a little slow because there's some things I'd like to uh, feel impressed by the Holy Ghost to say. So I might be a little slow today because I want to make sure you hear and understand exactly what uh, I'm trying to say. The Bible was not originally written in English. I know that sounds like a oh duh for some of us, but there are a lot of people that understand the origins of the Bible. For the most part, the Bible was, the New Testament part of the Bible was written in Greek. The Old Testament, for the most part, was written in Hebrew. There's a little bit of Aramaic thrown in there, but for the most part, it's Hebrew and Greek. And so, uh, in order for us who do not speak those languages to be able to understand what the Bible is saying, for many years, those who spoke English had no ability to understand and know what the Bible was saying until translators came along and had the ability to translate this. Uh, there are some things that are found in the English Bible that most of us read from, whatever translation that may be. Most of us probably read out of the King James or the New King James or one of the more modern translations that have created more of a modern language to the Bible. But there are some things that... Uh, if you talk to someone who speaks multiple languages, there are people in this room today that speak both English and Spanish. There's some in here that may speak another language. And I have had the opportunity to travel around the world and speak in other countries that did not ha have, uh, was, was, English was not the first language. And so had to speak through an interpreter as I preached. Uh, there, any person that speaks multiple languages will tell you that there are some words that don't exactly translate perfectly. Some in here speak Korean. They don't. It doesn't translate perfectly. There are some words that that may be in uh, English or in Spanish or Korean or in or in French that when you translate them to another language, you cannot translate that word precisely. You either have to translate the context of it, or sometimes things get lost in translation. Um, it's funny to me sometimes when you're preaching for an with an interpreter, you'll say a five-sentence thought, and they'll interpret it by like four words. Or you'll say four words, and they'll go on a five-sentence thought. Because in their desire to try to translate what you're saying, they may differ the exact wording, but they're keeping the same spirit of what is being said. And so sometimes, and I know I'm being a little technical here today, but if you allow me to, Sometimes the translators, as they translated the Bible out of Hebrew and Greek, when they translated into the English language, there are some things either by choice or by default that got changed. Most of the time, I would say, and I'm no, by no way a theologian, I, 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 I don't profess to be a theologian, but in my opinion, most of the time, they, the, the, the things that are in error are, are negative. They actually they they actually bring a a uh, uh, 
a, a muddiness to, to Scripture. It doesn't bring clarity to it. But there are several occasions in this Scripture we just read where they did not translate it correctly, but it actually works for our advantage. Because the Bible says, Hebrews 11.1, 1, again, I'll read it for you uh, so you understand where we're coming from. The Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There's a word in that scripture to me that's the most important word of all the scripture. If I ask you that question of what I just read, what was the most important word, you would more than likely tell me faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You'd say to me, what's the most important word? Your response back to me would more than likely be faith because faith to us as believers is such a fundamental word, faith, faith. I would say to you today that within the context of what we're talking about today, the most important word in that entire verse is the word now. But actually the word now wasn't even in the original Greek wording because that word comes from the Greek word D-E, which is simply a conjunction. So the translators, in their desire to try to translate the spirit of what was being said, they used the word now. But that word being used as now is the perfect description to the key that unlocks faith. Because most people have faith, but most faith is ineffective. If you ask most people, do you believe? They say yes, but most people never see the fruit for what they were believing for. And so because of that, faith then becomes categorized in the same category as wishing. Faith becomes something that we, we kind of hope, think, but we're really not sure. It becomes the proverbial flipping the coin in the well and crossing our fingers and hoping somehow God will have mercy on us. That's what faith becomes when we don't understand the true mechanics and the activation of faith. And so most of us today, when we talk about faith, most of us obviously have some level of faith. You would not be here today if you did not have some level of faith. It might be small, might be fractional, but the Bible says if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. So I would guarantee everybody in here today has at least mustard seed faith. You might not have boulder faith. You might not have mountain faith, but you've got at least a mustard seed faith. And according to the Bible, that's all the faith you need. So if faith and the amount of faith you have is not the problem, then what is the problem and why we don't see fruit from our faith? Well, the translators helped us out here because they helped us by saying, now faith. Not then faith or not tomorrow faith, but now faith. I know that seems so elementary and you think, well, you're reading too much into it, but you have to understand the context of faith because truly time, time governs everything we do. Time governs when we wake up. Time governs when we go to bed. Time governs when we eat. Time governs when we work. Time governs when we, right? Sometimes, and I, sometimes we, 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 we pattern our whole week off of a certain time, whether it's, whether it's going on an event or seeing a sh- our favorite show on television. We set a time. I've got to be home by 8 o'clock because. Or I've got to be here by 7 o'clock because. And time works it. But truly, time is not really reality because Even scientists call it the space-time continuum. God is superior to time. God does not work by time because God is superior to time because if time was the ultimate, then God would be subject to time. Making sense this morning. So time, even though for us today, time is the most important thing in our life, We work and give our time so that we can have money to spend what we want to when we have our time. Right? Time is everything. But to God, God does not live by time. He's not governed by time. Time is simply what we perceive it to be because 
the government tells us that one Sunday a year, we lose an hour. They take an hour away. Where does it go? They say they need it, so they take it. So you wake up, you go to bed, and you wake up the next morning, and now you're being told that it's an hour earlier than you have been used to. So time really is what you perceive it to be. If you've ever traveled and dealt with jet lag, I I made six trips to Asia in 24 months. 12-hour time difference. 12-hour, let me tell you something. That right there will mess with your mind. It messes with you because you're over there and you're raring to go and everyone's asleep and everyone gets up and you're ready to go to bed and everyone's eating breakfast and you want dinner and they're eating dinner and you want breakfast. You are messed up because you have perceived time to be something different than what you're being told. But for God, God does not see time the way we see time because the Bible says God is omnipresent. He's in all time at the same time. So because of that, we truly only have one time. There is truly only one time and real time, and that is now. Do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to mess with somebody's mind. I know I'm going a little, little slower today than usual, but I'm going to mess with somebody's mind. We often look at eternity as this way, as future as this way, but the only true true reality of it is now time. Because I see, go 10 seconds in the future. One, two, three, a little faster than normal. One, two, three, got to speed it up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Ten just became my past. Let me do that again. You, you missed it. If I say 10 seconds in the future, I'm going to live in the future. Ten, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Ten just became my past. If it's true for ten seconds, it's true for ten minutes, it's true for ten minutes, it's true for ten hours, ten days, ten weeks, ten months, ten years, ten decades, for eternity. So the only thing truly that I am able to deal with is deal with now. Because if I'm trying to deal with the future, hoping the future will affect my now, my future will eventually become my past. So I cannot deal with my future, hoping my future will affect my present. I can only deal with right now. I cannot live trying to deal with my tomorrow constantly because my future will eventually become my past. And those that try to live in the past never really have understanding of their today and never have hope for their tomorrow. But there's some people, because of their past, try to live in the future. They try to live in the future hoping one day this will change. One day this will get better. One day, one day, one day. You talked about any successful person any person that has grown a business, any, any millionaire that you talk about the, the psychology of how they grew their business, all of them will talk about they could not worry about where the business was going. They had to worry about where it was now. They may have had an understanding of where they were trying to go, but the only thing they could take care of was now. Now faith, now faith, now faith, now pray. What time is it? Now. But the problem with now is you can't describe now. If you took a picture of it, by the time you develop it, it'd be then. If you try to describe now, by the time you get the words out, it would be then. So it's hard to quantify what is now. What is now? Because truly, now is only the moment we're in right now because now has just become then. I'm not, I'm, I'm, now I'm confusing some of you, but bear with me. I'm trying to make a point because it's going to help you. So when the Bible says, now faith, now faith, now faith, now faith, now faith. The Bible says, now we are the sons of God. Now we are the sons of God. Well, you know what? I wake up some mornings, I don't think I'm too close to being a son of God. But the Bible says, now I'm a son of God. I may not get to the full manifestation of it down the road, but because he is already down the road... 
He calls me already as a now child of God. You say, well, I've got mistakes and I'm messed up and I can't seem to get anything right and you don't know all the problems I have and you don't own the mistakes. How can I be considered a child of God? Because he does not see you for who you are. He sees you for what you're going to become. So now he can look back where you are right now and say, now you are the son of God. Wait a minute, I'm messed up, I'm beat up, I'm broken up, I'm no good. But wait a minute, you don't understand. Your heavenly father sees you for what you're going to become So instead of waiting for you to get there to call you what you're going to be, he already says you're that now because he's already living where he's taking you. He said in John, the hour cometh and it is now. So you're like, wait a minute, it seems like a contradiction. Is it coming? Is it going? Is it, is it, where is it? It's now. It's now. What does that mean? Because most of us in this room, if you allow me for a second just to deviate, most of us in this room, if I ask you, you'd say you're believing for something. You'd say that. And I, I don't want to mess with you today, but you really can't believe for something because if you're believing for something, that's not real faith. Because the Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I can't believe for something. I've got to believe from something. Watch me. Because if I'm believing for something, I'm constantly kicking the can of faith down the road. But because God calls the end from the beginning, the moment God puts something in your spirit, in God's economy, it's already done. So you're not believing for something, you're believing from something. So when God puts in your spirit that he's going to save your loved one, you don't go around and go, I'm believing for my loved one to be saved. Because in God's world, they've already been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. So instead I'm believing for them to be saved, I'm believing from them being saved. Because somewhere out in the future, they've already been saved. But because God is already in my future, I can believe from it and not for it. Why is that important? Because that's the activation of faith. Because if I'm believing for something, it's a wish. I'm believing to win the lottery. I'm believing to win the lottery. I'm believing to, you know, I'm believing for this. I'm believing to get a new car. I'm believing to get it. We're believing for, we're hoping it's going to happen. We're not really sure. So that's why faith gets moved into the wish. And there's no fruit because God doesn't work off wishing. God doesn't have anything to work with. He says, you've got to give me something to work with. It may be something small, fragmentational, a mustard seed, but just give me something to work with. He doesn't need a lot, but he needs the right thing. You can't make a, something that runs off double A's work on a D battery. It's a battery. But it's the wrong type. You might have faith, but you've got the wrong type of faith. You've got the faith that's moving out there. But he's saying, if you would have faith for right now, take care of your now faith. I'm already in that faith down there. You don't have to believe for anything. If you would just take care of believing for the moment. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. You cannot win a future battle. Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. It's the first time I've come down and ventured into the... I did it without even thinking about it. Back it up, back it up, back it up. (laughs) Get back up there. Paul said, Paul told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. How can you fight something that's in your future? You can only fight something that's right in your present. So he didn't say prepare to fight down the road. He said fight the fight of faith, which means what? I can only fight what's in front of me. I can only take care of what's in front of me. Why is this important? Because some of us have, are frustrated because we, we want God to do something in our lives, but we're, we're saying, well, God's going to do it. God's going to do it. No, 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 no. God's already done it. Because it may not have been manifested here, but it's already been manifested in here. The Bible says, I hasn't seen. 
ear hasn't heard. It hasn't even entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But further on it says, but it hasn't been revealed to us. How? By his spirit. So what that means, that God puts things in me that are already in existence in the future because he's already there that I have not seen with my eyes. I already see this room with 500 people in it. I already see this room filled. I'm not believing for it. I believe it from the moment God put us in this place and I walked in here the first time on a tour with Sister Naria. The moment I walked in here, in my spirit, I already felt this room filled. It may not happen now, but it's happened now. I'm leaving for the faith now. Because in God's economy, it's already there. He knows every name. He knows every story. He knows every address. He knows every person of that 500 that's in this place filled with the Holy Ghost. He already knows them. I don't know them, but I don't have to know them. I just got to believe for the now faith. The now faith. I just got to believe for the now. Why? Is, so if it works for the now, it works for the tomorrow, it works for the then. I'll give you a perfect one. There's a theologian, a Hebrew, the, uh, 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 Hebraic theologian. He makes a statement. I'll clean it up a little bit because it's a little wordy. But basically says that God lives in all time. Because if God did not exist in a particular time, then that time could not exist because God is the creator of everything. So if God did not exist in that time, then that time could not exist. So God exists in all time. I'll give you the perfect station. Day one of creation. He says, let there be light. God moves over to day two of creation. But God doesn't move over into creation day two. God's still in creation day one saying, let there be light. He moves over to day three, but he doesn't move over to day three because he's still in day two and he's still back in day one saying, let there be light. He goes to day four of creation. I'm about to mess with somebody's mind. Day four, he's creating, but he's still back in three, two, and one saying, let there be light. He's over in day five. Creating, but he's still back and forth, three, two, one, saying, let there be light. He moves to day six, where he finally gets to making man. But while he's making man, he's still overdoing all this stuff. And still back here saying, let there be light. Because if God moved, then light would cease to exist. Because God, the creator of light, puts light in day one. But God is abiding in all space and all time. So he's still in day one saying, let there be light. Because if God moves, light stops. And finally, God gets to day seven, sits down and says, I'm a bad man, and looks back at all he's done, but he's still in day six, five, four, three, two, one. Why is that important? Because you and I are here today, but you can't go back into your yesterday and do anything. There are some of you today, you go to the doctor, and the doctor says, what's your family history? Do you have any cancer in your family? Do you have any high blood pressure in your family? Do you have any disease in your family? Do you have this in your family? And most of our answer is, yes, I do. But we have no ability to go back in our family and change the genetics of our family. But God, because he's in the now, but he's working on the then, and he's working on the tomorrow. I've watched God step into a situation and break off a family curse that had been in generation and generation. Why? Because God doesn't just deal with then, but he goes all the way back to the very beginning from where it started and takes it from where it is because he's still in there. Dealing with things in my life from my yesterday. And I cannot go back and change them. The things that I did, the things that were done to me. I can't go back and deal with those things. But I don't have to. Because he's already back there. In those things. So when he's healing me of my past. He's not just simply healing me right now, but he's going back to every day that has affected me. He's going back every day, every moment, every week, every month, every year. I don't care if it went back to all the way to I was a child. He marked every day on his calendar because he's living in that day. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. 
He marks every day on his calendar. He goes back to every day, every tear, every heartache, every bad day, every bad memory. He goes back and marks all those days. And he says, I'll take care of all that because I'm in that moment. I'm living there. I'm there. He's still walking right alongside of you, living that pain. He's still in that moment watching you carry that burden. You're in the now, but he's in the then. You're dealing with the now, but he's able to deal with the then. But you know what? The greatness of God is, that's why the Bible says old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Why are old things passed away? Because I've got a God that's living in my past. That's able to take my past and take care of it. So you know what? That's why the Bible says now faith. I don't have to have faith for my yesterday. Because my God that I'm having faith in now is in my yesterday. So I don't have to have faith for my yesterday. I have to have faith in the God of today because he's living in my yesterday. And some of us look at our past as this mountain that we cannot get past that seems to be dragging behind us. We're thinking, God, I'll never have the faith to let you help me do that. He's saying, I don't need you to have the faith for that. All I need you to do is have the faith for the now. Take care of the now and I'll take care of the then. You say, well, that's so hard. You don't know what I've been through. Okay. Go back to 10 seconds in the future. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten just became your past. You don't think God could take care of those last ten seconds? You think it was hard for God to handle those last ten seconds of your past? So if it's easy for ten seconds, you think he can take care of ten years? Just as easy. But you know what? We often look at Jesus Christ did not just die to take away my past, but he died to secure my future. We only look at Calvary as something that deals with the past. But Calvary goes beyond just simply dealing with the past. Calvary deals with my past, my moment, and my tomorrow. Oh, Jesus, help us. We often only talk about Calvary for what Calvary can do for your yesterday. But I want to say today, what can Calvary do for your today? And what can Calvary do for your tomorrow? What can the blood of Jesus do for you today? And what can the blood of Jesus do for you tomorrow? Yes, the blood of Jesus can wash away our sins. And there's a, those of you that are in this room, we've experienced that through baptism, through calling on the name of Jesus, through the repentance of our sins. We've experienced the fact that Jesus can take away our past, but we forget that he is just as concerned about our today and just as a concern about our tomorrow because the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There are so many of you here today that your tomorrow scares you to death. Your tomorrow concerns you. Your tomorrow worries you. It's a burden to you. It's a, it keeps you up at night. You get panic attacks because of your tomorrow. Not knowing what tomorrow, what am I going to do? How am I going to get food? Where am I going to get clothes? Where am I going to drive? Who am I going to marry? Where am I going to go to school? Where am I going to live? And all of this stuff just weighs on you. And the problem is when you allow that, it's hard to have faith in the moment. Because you're almost pleading for God to have mercy. I'm, I'm almost done. Can I just, let me just be transparent with you. I'm almost done, so I give you hope. But I, when I was growing up, one of the things my dad always taught me, you know what, son? The Lord has the perfect woman for you, the perfect wife for you. And if you would just, if you would, if you would seek his will and, and he's going he's gonna to show you the perfect, perfect woman for you, perfect wife for you. And can I be honest with you? I always thought, God, you're going to give me someone ugly that I, I'm just, I mean, I'd be like, I, I love her, but she's the will of God. But Oh, God, help us. I thought that. Is that too honest? I was thinking, man, God, if you, you know, if I do your will, I, I'm willing to do your will, but Lord, I mean, don't let her be ugly, Lord, at least. I mean, spare me, please. I'll do your will. I'm, I'm, 
I'm telling you now, I'm like 13 years old praying this. Lord, I'll do your will, but Lord, don't let her be ugly. Have her teeth. And I mean, I mean, let her, I mean, Lord, at least let her be decent looking. I mean, come on, Lord, you know, I mean, I mean, is that too much to ask? Help me. Throw me something down here. I mean, I'm willing to give you the choice, but I mean, could I at least, you know, like give you some help? I mean, you know, can you show me the option list? I mean, something. I mean, but that's how I thought. I mean, like, you know, God, I got out. You know, I want, I want you to do your will. And we think that we'll, God's will is just going to be so repulsive to us. God, I want to do what you want me to do. Oh, it's just going to be, oh, I know what it is. He's going to make me, I'm going to be, I'm going to go a missionary in the jungle. I'm going to be living on a mat and eating bugs. And I mean, that's what he's calling me. I knew it. I'm just, I'm, so Lord, I'm willing to do your will. Just please don't let it be a missionary in the jungle. That's all I'm asking. But that's how we think. Because we think for sure. God takes no thought of who we are. That we're just chess pieces on his board. He just moves us around. With no thought of what really is going on. And he put desires in your heart. He put desires in your heart, things in your heart. Does he not know those things are there? So his will for you matches how he made you. Oh, I know I'm teaching, preaching. I don't know what I'm doing. We're just following the Holy Ghost. So his will will be compatible. You know the whole thing, eharmonymatch.com, compatibility. I don't know if it works or not. Because in a lot of ways, my wife and I are totally opposite. But it works. She picks me up. When I need picking up, I pick her up. If we were both the same, it would be terrible in our house. So I'm not sure about all that compatibility. If you're on eHarmonyMatch.com, come tell me how it works out for you. I'm curious, seriously. I'd like to know. I think they got now ones for singles. They got one for 50 and older. They got them for everything. But it's all based off compatibility. I'm not sure if all that works, but I do know one thing. If I would let God make the choices in my life for me, He knows exactly what I want and what I need. And you know what the great thing about it is? Let's be honest. For a long time, my son liked mint chocolate chip ice cream at Basket of Robins. Every time we went, what do you want, Noah? Green. Green. I want green. We got to the point we didn't ask him. We just got green. Well, one day, I don't know, him and his mother figured this out, and they, they talked and negotiated. I wasn't in on the negotiation. So we go to Baskin and Robin, and I walked out with green. Was not a good day. Because he was three at the time. He looked at that and go, I don't want green. And I said, we've been buying green for as long as I can remember. I don't like green anymore. Did I get the memo? Was it an email, a text, something? When did you stop liking green? He says, I like, how does he say it? Vanilla, something, vanilla. I like vanilla. And now he calls it white. That's what he like. I like the white. So we went from liking green, and I thought we were set on green. That was it. Let's just, I mean, we're already planning out his graduation party with green ice cream. That's what, he liked green. Next thing you know, he likes white. Didn't inform it. I guess him and his mother worked it out. I got privy to it later down the road. He liked white. Why do I say that? Because you know what? Our, our desires change. For the long time, the longest time, and I'm, I got to stop talking. The longest time, I loved Domino's until Domino's decided to mess it up and came out with that new recipe. And whoever at Domino's decided to do that, if you're watching today, you made a big mistake. You lost me as a customer because that stuff is terrible. If you like it, God bless you. And for the longest time, my wife was always saying, let's get Papa John's. I'm like, I don't like Papa John's. We used to get Papa John's when I was in high school. I don't like it. I like Domino's. Well, when Domino's decided to go off the reservation, the only thing left that was similar was Papa John's. So you know what? Started trying Papa John's. Well, lo and behold, 
That stuff's like manna from heaven. Hey, hey, let me tell you something. This is not, this is funny, but it's no joke. When I walk into Papa John's, I like am the CEO. They all know me. When I call them, this is not a joke. When I call them, they don't even ask for my name. And the moment they hear my voice, hey, Mr. Joel, the same as usual. Yep. It'll be ready in 15 minutes. I'll be there. Literally, this is not a joke. If it's a new person, I got to break them in a little bit. But there's a guy, most of the time, my wife and I, when you have three kids, you survive half the time. We have a nine, six, and four-year-old. And so after service, most of the time on Sunday, we don't go out. It's just too much with church. So we go to the pizza. Well, Carl works Sundays. Carl works every Sunday. So I get on the phone when we get home, get in the car, pick up the phone. Papa John's Pizza can help you. Hey, Carl. Oh, Mr. Joel, same as normal? Yep, okay, 15 minutes. I didn't like Papa John's for the longest, but now I like Papa John's. It's my favorite. Why am I saying all that? Because if you think you're going to base the will of God based off what you like right now, do you know why some people seem that God can't make up his mind? Can I pastor for five seconds? Because I'm almost done. But you know, you've heard those people, what's the will of God for me to go over there? Three weeks later, well, God told me to go over here. Two weeks later, well, now God, I'm like, is God that bad off? I mean, come on, Brother Joel, you know what I'm talking about. God's changed his mind every couple weeks. Why are they doing that? Because they're basing the will of God off of how they feel and what fits for them in the moment. I can't tell you how many times I stepped in the will of God going, what in the world I'm doing here? And then six months later, I'm like, this is the greatest thing in the history of all the world. I remember, this is simple, and I'm closing, but there was, we bought a car. This is a car, a car. Most people don't care about it. They just go find the one they like. But we were trying to seek the Lord. What car do you want us to have? And we got this car, and when we got the car, we were like, my wife, my wife was like, I hate this car. I don't like this car. But you know what? I feel like this is the car we're supposed to have. But I don't like it. Like three months later, this is the greatest car in the history. Love the car. Why? Because he knew. He knows what you have need of today. But more importantly, he knows what you have need of tomorrow. And you know what? He puts things in your spirit today that you don't understand why he's putting those things in your spirit. Because he knows what tomorrow holds. But he's not asking you to take care of tomorrow. He's only saying, just take care of the now faith. If you could just take care of the now, I'll get you to tomorrow. And I'll take care of that. Just take care of now. And those of you that, because of your past or the things in your past, you have such a hard problem dealing with things. You know what? Ultimately, there's only so much to, we can do as human beings to deal with our past. Basically, we're, with, we're left with one option, Jesus. Because he's the only one to deal with it. But instead of trying to go back I've said this lately. It's become my new favorite thing when I'm talking to people. God never called you to be an archaeologist. God never called you to go back in your, your past, digging up the stones of your past, trying to read the tea leaves to determine why you are the way you are. Leave those stones where they are. Stop digging up the past, trying to dissect where you are today. Deal with today and he'll lead you down the path he needs to lead you down. But if we could learn to understand, to deal with the now, the now, the now, now faith, now faith. Lord, what do you want to do for me today? What do you want to do in me today? Because if I can just take care of today, he'll take care of tomorrow. He'll take care of tomorrow. Here's where some of us are. We're standing here. Some of us are farther in the journey, but some of us are at the starting block. Brother Ronnie, stand up. You're going to play God. He's God. I'm here. 
When I live in the future, I'm looking at where God is. I'm thinking, how am I going to get there? Because before me, I see all uncertainty. And so what I do, what do I do? I, I, I walk with, with, without certainty. With, I walk with no confidence. I'm, I'm worried that every step I take will be the wrong one. And, and half the time I live. And after a while, you get, so over, you get so overwhelmed, you just say, forget it. You know what? I can't do it anymore. I, I got to stop. Because I'm trying to figure it out. He never said figure it out. But you know what? Come here, Josh. You're going to be me. We got the same haircut now. We're close to it. You're going to be me, and I'm going to be God, and he's God. We got two gods going on. We're the same. God knows he's your destination. He stopped being God. He's the destination. You're me. Here's all you want to do. Take one step with your left foot. Stand there. Take a step with your right foot. Take a step with your left foot. Take a step with your right foot. Take five steps. Take seven steps. Take three steps. How much effort did it take for him to get where he was? The only thing he had to do is, okay, Jesus, what do you want me to do now? What do you want me to do now? What do you want me to do now? Not what do you want me to do then. What do you want me to do now? But here, here. Hurry, run, 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 run. Oh, boy, I got to stop. Watch, ready? Okay. Okay, Joel, take two steps. Whoa, 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 whoa. He, I said two, he took five. We made a mistake. All right? Most of us think, we got to go all the way back and start over again. No, 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 no. Oh, he my, just starts to say, you know, Lord, my, I missed my, it that my, time. My, my. You know what I say to him? Josh, don't worry about it, buddy. Yeah. Take two steps That's now. That's what Jesus says. Hallelujah. Whoa. Wait a minute. That quickly, the mistake, done. Hallelujah. That quickly, all of what he did is erased. And how did he get rid of the mistake? He just worried about what can I do now? So if we make a mistake... God, oh God, my whole world, where do I, okay, where, where is it at, where do I start from, whoa, 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 and the sands of time have already blown out my track, I can't find it, and so I'm walking around in my past trying to go, where did I miss it, 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 and God's over there going, stop, I didn't ask you back and find out where you missed it, no, just deal with now, just deal with now, just deal with now, just turn to me and say, Lord, I missed it that day. Okay, don't worry about it, Josh. Take two steps now. How hard is that? Come on, be honest. Is there anybody that could not do that? I'm not trying to be mean. I could lead a blind man to where I need to do if he just listened to what I'm telling him to do now. And if there's obstacles in the way, I can navigate him around if he would just listen to me and do what I tell him now. There's some of you, you may have done the five when God told you to do the three. But stop worrying about that. Just say, Lord, I missed it. Forgive me. Now, what do you want me to do? Now, 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 now. Not, not, Lord, what, what, how many steps am I taking Wednesday? I got to get that in my schedule. No. What do you want me to do now? Lord, what about 2017? How many steps do you think I'm... Where am I going? No, 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 no. Now. Now. I can't take care of tomorrow if I don't take care of now. Now. And I can't go back and start over again in my yesterday. I just have to take care of... That's right. Now. Now, let me ask you this today. How many of you that are dealing with shame and regret of things you've done in the past, 
with that idea, how hard is it to just say, God, I blew it, but I'm starting now. I'm starting over. Because you know what? Most of the time, when we make a mistake, we start over now. We're like, okay, God, now I, I got to be like on my extra, 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 extra good behavior so I can outdo all the bad I've done. He didn't say take three steps forward, two jumping jacks, five push-ups, uh, six cartwheels, and all that. No, no, no. Just start again from now. I'm challenging somebody today. Stop worrying about where you're going. And let's, can we just put where we've been to bed? Let's start now. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, say, let's start now. Start today. Make today that now moment in your life. Start today with the now of today. You can't worry about Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. You can't worry about Saturday and Friday and Thursday. Just deal with now. Make a choice now. Say to God, God, whatever you want to do in my life, I just want you to know now I'm saying to you that whatever you want to do. Say, God, whatever you want to do, now I'm ready. And tomorrow you have to give up and live in the now tomorrow. But I can't live in tomorrow's now unless I don't live in today's now. Can we bow our heads just for a moment right where you are? Can you pray and ask God that? I'm sorry I've gone a little long today, but the Holy Ghost was talking. Come on, can you tell him that? Say, Lord, I'm giving you my now. I'm giving you my now. Come on, some of you are living with hurt and pain and regret, frustration. You can't change any of that. You can only take care of your now. Now. Just what? Now. Can you come on? Come on, can you someone needs to talk to the Lord right now? Someone needs to talk to the Lord and tell him. Lord, by your grace, I'm dealing with my now. I'm dealing with only my now. I can't deal with my yesterday. I can't deal with my tomorrow. I've only got now. I've only got now. I've only got now. Oh, in the name of Jesus, Lord, give us grace today. We need your grace. Help us today. Lord, I know you've spoken your word. I know you've spoken your word today. But Lord, I pray now in the name of Jesus that your word would penetrate our hearts and lives today. That revelation would be birthed in us today. Oh God, there's so much great things in the people of this congregation. There's so many great fruits in the people of this congregation. And Lord, for some of us, we don't know how to get there. But you didn't ask us to get there. You just said, give me the now and I'll take care of the tomorrow. Oh, help us today. Help us today. Come on. Make a commitment now. Make a commitment to God now. You say, what if I don't live up to it? You can't worry about that. God knows your heart. Tell him now. Say, God, I want to give you my life today. God, I want to do your will today. You say, well, what if tomorrow I get up and I make a mistake? We'll deal with that tomorrow. But we can't make a decision today because of our fear of failing tomorrow. We can only give it today. Now, 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 now. Oh, help us today. Help us today. Help us today, Jesus. Oh, help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Help us today. We need you, Jesus. Help us today. Help us today. Help us today. Help us today. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Could you just stand right where you are today? And those of you that feel comfortable doing this, would you just lift your hands to the Lord right now? Open up your mouth and just just take a moment of just praise, talking to Him. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 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 No.
Jesus, Jesus. Jesus' name. Jesus. Oh, he said Yes, he knows, he knows just what, just what I need. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I challenge somebody today in the Holy Ghost. So many of us... We were saying as we prayed, so many of us, we want to make a commitment to God, but we're afraid. What if I make a commitment today and I fail tomorrow? But I'm challenging somebody. Make a commitment today. Tomorrow you get up and you make, and you, and you, and you deviate. Get up Tuesday and say, Lord, I'm making a commitment today. But by God's grace, by God's grace, I'm challenging somebody in this place. Would you just let the Lord help you to live with now faith? If you would do that, God's going to begin to work through you in ways you will never believe. God will begin to work in you in ways that's going to blow your mind because you're going to let Him use you because the only thing you can take care of is the now. Praise God. Let's just thank the Lord one more time. Can we do that? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. 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 One more time, let me say happy Father's Day to every uh, father and the future fathers in this place today. Happy Father's Day to you. And I've got really good news. Really, really good news. School got out Thursday, which means we don't have to take up the chairs. Praise God for that. So if I could... Just get several of you, brethren, that could help Brother Adam. We're going to put some stuff back here and other stuff we're going to load up, but we can leave the chairs the way they are. So take a moment, shake somebody's hand, thank them for coming, uh, and God bless you. Hope you have a good uh, time today with your family, and hope to see you tonight, 5 p.m. in Arnold. Amen.